Welcome to Lasso Cast. My name is John Rhodes, and I'm a, a big fan of Higgins, the funky bassist. And I am joined by Saida Rhodes. I am a big fan of Keely and Roy's Heart to Heart in this episode. And also joining us, I am a uh, I, I am a Kenny Madison. There are multiple <laughs> Kenny Madisons out in the world. Uh, I am but one of them, and I am a big fan of our two guests, and I guess Ted Lasso the show, but mainly our two guests. Who do we have? Oh, uh, thank you for uh, giving me permission to introduce our guest. Yeah. Uh, we have today an improviser power couple that is currently hailing to us all the way from the Netherlands, specifically Amsterdam. And they are unfortunately decidedly pro soup. And we're going to get into this on today's episode. Uh, please welcome Kevin Miller and Kiki. Uh, Kiki, how do you say your last name? Oh, no, no. Why, why did I answer for you? We're off to a bad start. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> you did great. Uh, yeah, at least I did, got it right. <laughs> oh, hello. oh, and uh, I'm a big fan, since we're doing big fan, I'm a big fan of being paid to bite someone. <laughs> Are you a big fan? Of- oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rebecca and absolutely everything about her. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> big Rebecca stands. Mm-hmm. Yup. Great. Well, thank you all c- for coming on to talk uh, Ted Lasso with us. And you two actually live in Amsterdam. Yes. We do. Absolutely. And you're part of the improv community over there, yeah? Yep. We uh, met, met via improv in, in Amsterdam. And uh, I'm a recent transplant from Texas yeah. uh, to there, to here, rather. So you're familiar with with the uh, the way of life that has kind of inspired a lot of the philosophies of Ted Lasso. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you've mentioned before on the podcast, uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt met each other through Boom Chicago, which is here in Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Joe Kelly, uh, one of the writers and producers, I think, on the show. He was also, uh, he's also ex-Boom Chicago. Yeah. I did not know that either. Yeah. Oh, and, Why is uh, Boom uh, Chicago? Oh, go, go ahead. On. I was going to say a uh, shout out to Brendan Hunt, who just announced that he had a baby today. Yes. Woo. Congrats to that sexy little baby. Sexy little baby. <laughs> what were you saying, Saida? Yeah. Why is Boom Chicago in Amsterdam? Was it originally in Chicago? <laughs> uh, from what I understand, no, uh, no. it was three uh, guys who came out of Chicago who just came to Amsterdam backpacking and, you know, as you do, smoking <laughs> weed. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> had this idea of like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we brought improv over here? And so they wrote a letter to the city council uh, saying like, hey, could we please open an improv theater uh, here? And uh, the city council said, well, you know, you could, but um, Dutch people are never going to be interested in your American comedy. (laughs) And and so they uh, set about proving them wrong and uh, very successfully, I'd say. Very cool. They picked the worst name for their theater. It's (laughs) <laughs> a lot of a lot of Dutch people call it Boom Boom Chicago or Chicago Boom Boom. Yeah. 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 Makes it sound like a different kind of club. Yeah. Right. But uh, How long yeah. has it been around? Oh, uh, mm. I, they recently had a 25-year anniversary oh, wow. uh, get-together. And that was that was a few years ago. So maybe maybe 28 years or so. Yeah. 
But here's a fun fact. Uh, the very first time I saw improv, uh, the, the, the person who stood out the most that night was Brendan. Um, so, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. We have a Brendan Hunt hipster on the podcast. <laughs> Brendan was uh, my first improv crush. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that. That's fun. Yeah. I'm a bit of a uh, Ted Lasso hipster. Uh, I was very well familiar. I loved the NBC Premier League promo that you know originally came out and I had shown it to people many times in the in the intervening years. Uh, and I even have an improv format called Coach Rooker Teaches Improv where a supremely <laughs> unqualified high school football coach directs uh, students in their first ever improv show. Uh, and <laughs> That's great. If you see it now, like everybody's like, oh, Ted Lasso inspired improv, which it definitely was, but it predates the show. Uh, so yeah, that, that's my hipster claim to fame. <laughs> and when was that? Like 2013 or something like that? Yeah, something like that. A good while. We actually, I'm sure we'll sprinkle some tidbits here, but last night we watched a panel where, where can you watch that? The the panel that we watched? Ugh, I forget. She found it. Uh, and it's all the cast and crew uh, there discussing it. And uh, we found out that the concept for the show sat on a hard drive for a good couple of years. So that partially explains the delay between the Premier League uh, commercial and, uh, and the show coming. Uh, and he was talking to the producer about various ideas and then just floated this concept that he had uh, rattling around in his brain. And it got picked up from there. It's kind of, it's almost happenstance that it got delayed. I because we've talked about this before on the show, but I wonder if it would have uh, performed as well, or I don't know, just uh, meant so much to so many people if it came out earlier. I I, I think it it was so much of a bomb for twenty twenty, and also I think the show is intelligent enough to have landed just as resonantly, at least within the past four years of American society. Are you, would you consider yourselves uh team Roy or team Jamie? Oh, team Roy. Yeah. Is, is there a team okay. Jamie? Yeah. Does the team Jamie exist? He's like rooting for Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. Like, yeah, I got sorted no, into Slytherin. That, that's, like Jamie Tart. That's not fair. Voldemort, <laughs> yeah. Voldemort isn't uh, Jamie Tart. It's Rupert. Rupert is yep. Voldemort. I, Jamie Tart is. Oh, um, who is uh, that boy? Who's like Malfoy. pale? There you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And even as the evil father, as we meet in uh, episode 10, which, again, we could just talk about that episode <laughs> instead. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just do 9 and 10. Let's end, yeah. let's end the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the first episode in a while that we've gotten back shirtless Roy. Yes. Like, the last couple, he was just fully clothed and we we're like, no, nah, that's a shame. And then this episode, we open with him in a cold plunge slash recycling bin. I don't know what yes. that was. It's a, it's a wheelie bin. Uh, is that what you call it? Yeah. Whoa. For trash, typically, or yeah. for cold plunging? Uh, I, no, I, it, it's, it's a definitely tra- a recycling yeah. bin. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not wrong about that. He just told some unseen uh, assistant to pop it in there <laughs> to fill it with yeah. water. Which it's, Yeah, it's just perfectly shaped for a, a human body. Yep. For yep. a Roy Kent body. For a Roy Kent body. Sure, the Roy Kent and all of his fur. <laughs> Do you all have anything else that you want to say about the show as a whole? Any any opinions or any theories for season two? Anything like that? Oh, my one theory uh, for season two is I, I hope, um, but I, I yeah, I hope that a story of romance is going to be written between Sam and Rebecca. 
Oh, yeah. Because there's that scene where she misunderstands him and thinks that he's asking her out, you know, right at the last, at the right moment, you know, just when she needs, you know, a little bit of a pick me up, he compliments her on how lovely she is and says, you must get romantic invitations all the time. And I couldn't help but notice that, like, in a number of scenes afterwards, they're subtly just next to each other. Like, I think at the karaoke night, they're sitting next to each other. And so I. Um, you know, and of course she said that she doesn't want to be alone. So, you know, we want good things to, I mean, I very much want good things to happen to Rebecca and I think Sam would be incredible for her. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There is a moment at the karaoke bar where Sam takes her coat from her and they just, they just share a really quick, like nice gaze with each other. And he's so lovely. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good, good theory. And that would be like, not the obvious choice. So that's awesome. Also for season two, what I really hope is uh, that, like, because um, uh, the, the one thing that I found a, a pity in this episode is that we don't get to see Rebecca explaining to Keely why she did what she did. And I feel mm. like, you know, one of my favorite things about this show is uh, the strength of that female friendship. And uh, I would love to watch Keely uh, empathize with uh, Rebecca for why she did what she did and also become her strongest ally in getting, like, taking Rupert down. God, I want Rupert taken down so badly. Um, (laughs) And um, I look, yeah, I I will hope that we get to see that in season two. Yeah. My only thing to add is that I like the show for its positivity, uh, but I want everyone to recognize its depiction of positive masculinity. Like, these are all, Mm -hmm. like, men's men, pro sports, but everyone is just super in touch with their emotions and supportive and not being all homophobic and weird. And there's the throwaway joke is that this episode or the next one, they uh, are like, uh, why can't they just call them cigarettes? Right. (laughs) Like about uh, (laughs) subtle, like a little joke and really shows like, Oh, these are like totally woke guys in a very unwoke field of uh, employment. Yeah. They go from being like super tough to like in this very episode, having just a wholesome quick conversation about vomiting and diarrhea and what the, what a miracle <laughs> yeah. body is. I think that's beautiful. It's, great. it's nice to see like, emotional intelligence represented in a, in a major sitcom. Exactly. Yes. That's good. For sure. Let's get into it. Let's get into the episode, episode nine entitled all apologies. Um, and according to the, to the Apple TV plus uh, this description, uh, this episode, after a series of mistakes on the pitch, pressure mounts to bench Roy semicolon rebecca finally reveals the truth to ted very simple astute uh description um so let's start with uh the storyline of rebecca coming clean to ted um ted brings uh, rebecca a biscuit boost during a, a photo shoot that she's having for her was it football financial quarterly or something like that oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he does biscuits in the with the boss in that locker room while she's getting her photos done. And then Keely walks in and they're all, you know, comfortable and laughing. And Keely knows immediately, like, wait a minute, like you still haven't told Ted what's up. So then she yeah. confronts Rebecca and calls her a floppy cock for not telling the <laughs> truth. Right. right floppy cock. <laughs> <laughs> And in that scene, Ted, I guess, uh, wanted to be a model for for Tom Ford. Yeah, he follows up on that. (laughs) I love that his optimism stretches to, like, you know, yeah, just shooting his shot as a model for Tom Ford. Yeah, why not? 
<laughs> Which is also I'll- great because oh, I'm sorry, John, go ahead. No, you go. Because in the last episode or the episode before, when Keely meets with the players, yeah. you've got who um Colin maybe who's like, I just want to do Rolos. And yes. then you have Ted <laughs> shooting for the moon is like, let's talk about Tom Ford. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. He's like, who's the hottest designer in London? I want to work with them. I it. kind of want Ted to actually be a spokesperson for Tom Ford, but they never address it and it's never inspirational. You just start seeing ads pop up with Ted as yeah. the face of Tom Ford. I mean, that would be so much like Matthew McConaughey and the Lincoln thing. Like, why is Matthew McConaughey associated with Lincoln? We'll never know. Like, uh, If I may set a goal for this podcast even though we are almost at the end of the first season (laughs) but i don't know if you all have frequented the ted lasso wiki yet no but there are only one two three four five six seven players listed on the ted lasso wiki roy jamie sam isaac danny colin richard or richard and I only added Richard because I, I added I added that to the wiki. And yet in the locker room, we have a whole array of names that still need to get added yeah, to the um, wiki. Zoho not on there? Yeah. No. Zoho. Thierry Zoho. No. I, I had seen uh, a little Easter egg that the player roster sheet lists uh, Martin DeMatt uh, as one of the players who's <laughs> a well-known improviser. Uh, yes. Improv That's awesome. Uh, so we can assign the name Martin DeMatt to one of these uh, featured extras who just gets to be background character and, and one of them is called shannon who is that's the name of brennan's partner i don't know whether that's oh. a coincidence or whether that's a little you know tip of the hat. Oh. I, like, I hope so yeah so just from my amateur research along with our esteemed panelists adding to my list we have roberts robbie cockburn reynolds bumbercatch alexander rosenfeld garen canterbury dixon kuzoch o'brien Martin DeMott and Shannon. All right. All right. So All players press stop on this recording. Should we go to the wiki and just start adding pages? So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Rosenfeld. I didn't notice that one. Rosenfeld is the last name of the uh, artistic director at Boom Chicago. So ah. maybe that's a little mm-hmm. tricky. Yeah. Wow, so many they, Easter eggs. Well, they, they, they use the name uh, Pep in uh, one of the episodes. And I, I meant to look that up because I don't know whether Pep is an in- existing football manager, but it, like the artistic director at Boom Chicago is Pep Rosenfeld. So oh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe must it's be, must be. Yeah. Hey, there we go. We're filling out the Ted Lasso wiki. We're going to get all of those <laughs> players. <laughs> Backstory is on there. Thank God you're here. Boom Chicago <laughs> aficionados. Yep. <laughs> Anybody else, Kenny? Uh, not as of yet. I'm certain that if we did another rewatch, I would keep my eyes peeled for the locker room, just specifically looking at all of those names. <laughs> yeah, and I want all their numbers and positions, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of Easter eggs, I didn't want to skip past. Well, I guess we haven't switched storylines to talk about Roy, but uh, the, the scene opens with him and his recycling bin. Uh, yeah. And, uh, there, there's coverage of him on the TV and I, I, I jumped back to see the, the graphic on the screen, and it's a, it's a listing of how many, quote, this is on screen, game-losing, season-crushing own goals Roy Kent has 
uh, and the number is one. And so we didn't right. see the last uh, game that occurred off screen, but apparently Roy scored an own goal, which is yeah. for a striker whose job is to be at the front <laughs> of the action. Yeah. I don't know how he pulled that off. That's it, how slow he was. He, he, he was just stuck in defense all, all game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it said the rest of Team Zero, Roy won. Oh, I, yeah, that's it. Oh, so good. So Keely, uh, she she takes Rebecca aside into the shoe room, shoe locker, <laughs> uh, to ask ask her if she's told Ted yet, uh, told her the truth yet. Um, she says that she she you know took a shit in Joanna Wellington's locker when she was thirteen. She knows what it's like to look look somebody in the eye and apologize. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, there and uh, we three times in the course of the show uh, we have descriptions of uh, what girls are like. Earlier, yeah. we have, little girls are mysterious and silly and playful. This isn't from memory. I wrote it down. Uh, and then Siri <laughs> says, teenage girls are mysterious and dark and dangerous. And then at the end of the episode, silly and playful and mysterious uh, brings up. So, Oh, funny. Yeah. A lot of common threads. Yep, common thread. In and episode. then in that same theme or scene, Nate comes in and he actually makes like those shows one like you know fairly sexist but not really comment and makes a joke about them chatting in the soccer yeah. like the shoe room <laughs> he's like i know women love shoes but come on guys yeah. it felt to me like he's sort of trying on the toxic masculinity that we see from mm-hmm. somewhere at the beginning and then he does like he tries on that jacket and immediately hates it you yeah. know and it's right. just yeah. like no, this it peels it right off <laughs> yep. immediately apologizes yeah yep totally so he has that awareness yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah rebecca says what's the point of uh telling ted now it doesn't change anything and keely tells her that it would change how she feels about rebecca Uh, so rebecca calls ted into the office uh with the the intention of telling ted the truth uh but she can't quite handle it she's she's freaking out um i i just want to interject here with some helpful information I looked up yes. the etymology of the word procrastination. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I wondered if you, you might have as well. Um, for dates from the 1540s from French procrastination. I'm sure you can say that with a French accent mm-hmm. and Latin procrastinatio, uh, which means a putting off from day to day from pro forward plus crastinus belonging to tomorrow from crass tomorrow word of unknown origin. So I'm glad we settled that for you, Rebecca. <laughs> But yeah, she can't handle it. Uh, she's freaking out. She asks him to come back later, and he does a, a rewind out of the office. <laughs> he kind of nails the backwards walk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, straight out of tenant. Maybe. No, you're fine. It's fine. Yeah. You're fine. You're it's fine. an okay two hours of your life. There no. You I feel about Tenet the way that I feel about soup. Oh, boy. It's a cheat? Yeah, it is a cheat. <laughs> um, so it seems like Rebecca, she, she gathers her strength and she's like, what are you doing? This is stupid. She's, she's going to get up and go tell Ted. And then just then, uh, Rupert comes in, Voldemort himself, just to tell her in person. Oh, I, I I was taking some notes, and and in all caps, I wrote "fucking Rupert, I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like 
I, I was never a Buffy watcher, so I, I didn't realize that he's the guy Same. from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I just found out like <laughs> literally a week ago. And uh, it was comforting for me to know that he's actually a really nice guy in real life. Just because I yeah. feel like it, it, it consumes a lot of calories while I'm watching Ted Lasso, how much I hate Rupert mm-hmm. and just how badly I want to see really horrible things happening to him. Yeah, that's a, that's season two hope. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good at playing that role, that so, asshole role. Yeah, like this that scene where he he comes in on the guise of empathy, saying, "You know, I wanted you to hear bef- from me before you heard it from anyone else." He gives her no time to process the news, and then he like immediately stabs at her. Oh, come on! Like, I thought we could handle this like adults. And then yeah. mentioning, you know, oh, I suppose it's about finding the right person, and then punching her, like, yeah, punching her in the chest. Yeah. Giving her like a little yeah, punch on the shoulder. Yeah, it gives you like one second of like, oh, is he going to do something nice when he says like, I wanted to tell you in person. And then yeah. no, just he, yeah, straight he to the trash. To be nice. He came there to wound her. And yep. um, I love that previously on the show, if something like that had happened uh, between them, so if he had hurt her in another way, it would have only fueled her fire to take down Richmond FC. And this time, she's like, she's decided she's had enough. Yeah. And this is what leads her to actually go and apologize to Ted. Yeah. Yeah. There was a really interesting line delivery that Rupert said, where he said because Rebecca says, "I thought you didn't want kids," and then he goes, "I didn't want one." And then he's just about to say with you, but then he catches himself and says before Mm -hmm. I didn't want one before, which feels like he's trying to kind of spare her feelings or maybe he's just playing mental gymnastics. He's awful. And also I just, I, I, I want to know if there's something even deeper going on. I vehemently disagree, actually. I thought that that was a deliberate with dot, 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 I mean, before you. And I thought that was just cruel. He's just a master abuser. Yeah. For sure. But I (laughs) did get her one dig in of when the kids be 30, is it? You'll be a pile of ashes (laughs) in a black MX car. (laughs) Having a baby at 70, what are you, a character from the fucking Bible? (laughs) So great. But this is the only time that Rebecca's able to just be full blast at Rupert yep. because every time Rupert and Rebecca have been around, it's been in some public setting. Yeah. But but now, like, no holds barred. She just lets him have it. And it is so cathartic. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if she. Oh, go ahead, John. No, you go. Sorry. No, I was just thinking, I wonder if she ends up apologizing to Ted and partially because Keely brought it up, but also because she's like, Rupert's relentless. Like, I will never stop hating Rupert. <laughs> like, I could not continue these shenanigans for the rest of my life because he clearly can't stop. I think it's a real moment of strength for her to realize, like, to not let Rupert, like, control her emotions. So it's almost like an act of defiance. Yeah. To like, all right, we're not going to go down this road anymore and let Rupert, like, and you could have very plausibly written it that w- that way. Uh, and this whole arc of the, I remember when the show first debuted, a friend of mine watched it before me, and he texted me, "It's basically Major League, uh, you know, which 
I was like, oh, that's how they're justifying this bizarre premise to the show. They're making it Major League, where the owner wants to tank the team. Uh, and this is the moment when it just completely parts ways with that premise. Like, all right, now the owner is on board with this goofy you know, setup and going to be a partner in it. And I love that. I I I took uh, Rebecca's immediate apology afterwards to Ted Lasso as Rebe- so far we've seen Ted be more and more the rock for Rebecca as she's going through all of these abysmal things that are happening in her life. And Rupert has just said the most vile thing. And like Ted, Ted is her support, but she's got to get through this so she can get her support back. Like I, I, that's how it resonated to me. As more of a selfish act. Not not a selfish act. No, just you know, she she needs Ted. She needs Ted because she this is so much. And Ted is just the b- best at being able to help her calm down and 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 mitigate these emotions. Yeah. Ted and Keely are her biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. Yes. I did. Uh, maybe you've talked about it on the show before on the podcast, but. Uh, the fact that Keely is Ted is just this yes. ray of sunshine among these, you know, toxic personalities and just like cannot be beaten down despite, you know, the circumstances she finds herself in. So yeah. That's why they connect. It's so wonderful. I mean, just going back to what episode two, where Keely just decides that they're going to be friends and Rebecca's like, what? Uh, what? Why? Mm-hmm. And Keely's just like, I like you. Let's be friends. Yeah. So great. It's like Kelly's one of those people that, that can see when people need a friend. And it's like, I'm going to fill that void for you. Yeah. You deserve a friend. Folks, it was a crazy week here in Austin, Texas. Um, and, you know, hopefully all of our listeners here in Texas are okay and made it through all right. It was really inspiring to see uh, local organizations really step up. Organizations like Austin Mutual Aid, Red Beans and Ricely Yours, ATX Free Fridge, Street Forum ATX, uh, there's a lot more, dozens more, who stepped up putting their own lives on the line and literally saved lives. Uh, when the city, uh, the city of Austin dropped the ball on warming shelters and water distribution and things like that, especially for houseless folks, um, these organizations stepped up, literally picking people up and bringing them to hotels and booking them hotels and paying for hotels and distributing water and warm clothing and blankets and all these things. Uh, it was really inspiring. So really this week, I just want to encourage everybody listening, find a, a local mutual aid organization wherever you are and find a way to get involved, whether it's volunteering or donating or spreading the word. Uh, and if there isn't one, there's probably a need for one and it's something that you can get started. Um, hope everybody's okay. Stay safe out there. So Rebecca, she goes down to the locker room immediately. Um, she walks past some bare asses and shades of a dick. Glad <laughs> to. <laughs> there were some. Yeah. There were some dick shades. Yeah, there was just a shade of a dick. Well, I'll need to go frame by frame. I gotta find those. More dongs yeah. and media, please. Yep. Such as my crush on Rebecca that I actually never noticed that because I'm watching Rebecca in that scene. Mm, yeah, so I did see the butt, so I missed the dick. Oh. It was like the fourth time watching it that I saw the the, the base. <laughs> uh, <Wait>. The base. <laughs> <laughs> the base. 
Not not Higgins's base. Um, <laughs> but she, she goes into Ted's office. She tells well, him the uh, truth. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say Higgins Bass was the nickname of my new wave band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, she tells Ted the truth. <laughs> and um, I think how she words it is she's a fucking bitch. And basically lays it all out that she has been deliberately uh, sabotaging the team to get back at Rupert. And Ted being Ted forgives her immediately, which is so nice. Something you definitely don't see on TV. Yeah. Uh, Just saying divorce is hard. And he says, it doesn't matter if you're the one leaving or the one who got left makes folks do crazy things. And they share a nice hug. Also strikes me as because this episode or rather this whole show, there is such a risk of Ted Lasso becoming too much of a cartoon by being overly positive but it's this it's a forgiveness that is based out of experience because mm-hmm. he's going through a divorce at this point in time and if he were not going through a divorce perhaps this would have landed a lot harder and there would have been more uh sitcomy tropes that mm-hmm. would have happened but because ted can empathize exactly with what rebecca is going through at this point there's more of a willingness to forgive yeah and I know we bring it up a lot, but this would be, in a lesser show, a whole season. Yeah. But here it's like 13 seconds. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So good. Which is, it's outstanding. The joy of this show is seeing characters be on each other's teams. And the the faster that they can jettison that major league premise and just have us be with these characters, it's just so much smarter. Yeah. And they share a nice hug. Yeah. And then that takes a turn for me and I'm upset about it. Here's what happens. They hug. (laughs) It's very tender. And then upon watching it this last time, Ted, I noticed Ted actually is like watching her leave and it's kind of in slow-mo. And in our last episode, Kenny, it might've been you who brought up like maybe in the future, Ted and Rebecca could be a thing. And I said, that is simply not possible. And now I'm like, crap, it might be possible. I I believe that was on our Heidi Rogers episode because I think Mm -hmm. she was shipping Ted and Rebecca, uh, a ship that... I do not ship except for maybe just a hookup because yep. it's good to see attractive people have sex and then just be adults about it. I, I don't want them to be together okay. because okay. we need more. First off, Sai, how dare you put those words in my mouth? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't want that either. Uh, I'm, I'm firmly in that camp with you, Sai. Yeah. But this time it seemed like there was an inkling. Yeah, Kiki, I, uh, Kevin. Yes, I, yes. I, yeah, I, I'd say it was too on the nose. Right, too obvious. Yeah. I, I was just about to say um, how I remember Tina Fey absolutely shutting down the notion that Liz Lemon and Jack Donaghy would ever yeah. hook up in any way, and she said something like, "If we end up with season twenty of this show, then they will hook up." It <laughs> <laughs> was the closest she would come. Yeah, because Ted says. Uh, while hugging her if you care about someone and you got a little love in your heart there's nothing you can't get through together and i think she says you're not just talking about us and he says maybe maybe not but then as he walks out he has like this little like i don't know flirty smirk it's when he's saying like you live enough too much to bear yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like i'm with you kiki i would rather see a sam and a rebecca situation like yeah. that sounds like a lot of fun yeah <sighs> we'll see love triangle I- 
nice and most complicated thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there might be a little bit of runway to explore confusing emotional intimacy with romantic intimacy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that mm-hmm. that is a very confusing dynamic, uh, at least in, 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 in certain points in my life where I've had a, a very meaningful friendship with someone of the opposite sex. And I'm just going, yeah, this is romance. But really, it's just a very meaningful emotional intimacy that is very difficult to achieve but at the same time it's just not necessarily the right thing you yeah. know and the, and given the track record of the show it could be something that they explore in one episode and then move on that's if, so true yeah if they if, if that ship uh, does culminate i it, it might be awful for any other show but i would expect Ted Lasso to atta- uh, attack that in an interesting way but also, I'm firmly against it. Me and Sire are on this team, uh, anti-ship, <laughs> Rebecca and Ted's. <laughs> yeah, whatever the opposite of uh, shipping is. Sinking. I know, I'm like mooring? Just Sinking. I want it moored? I don't know. Cut and tie it to the dot. <laughs> so after this, Rebecca goes to Higgins uh, at his house where he's playing oh, cello with his new, uh, what's it called, the Van Zant. Uh, the Van, oh, Van Dyke, Van Dyke. Little beard. <laughs> after a, after a Dutch painter, so a Belgian. Yeah. Oh, Belgian, Belgian. Oh, he's Flemish. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, which is the yeah, Flemish Dutch painter. Part of yeah, the- of course. Yeah, <laughs> Van Dyke. Uh, spelled Van D Y C K. If anybody wants to Wikipedia, his goatee that this uh, is based on. <laughs> oh, Rebecca says there's a lot of surprises going on right now. Yeah, didn't they say in the panel that he really did have that? He did. Like, yeah, he did. Like they already <laughs> written, but they found out he could play the stand-up bass, like in real life. The actor, oh, you know, how cool! The actor yeah. really had that goatee going and on. They they were saying on the panel that like seventy-five percent of the script is you know written and the uh, and twenty-five percent is improvised. I wonder about that line about Mrs. Higgins. I wonder whether mm-hmm. Joe's wife actually. <laughs> yeah. Hates the Van Dyke. The Van Dyke. Hates it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she's there to apologize to Higgins. And she wants him to come back to work. Um, I just want to mention the key lighting on Rebecca in this scene is amazing. It, I think it's the, the best lit scene I've seen in the show so far. And that's, I don't know. That's so weird that you bring up lighting in this episode because yeah. I had a similar thought in the shoe scene earlier. I've never thought about the yeah. lighting in the show, but like whenever Keely and Rebecca are in that scene and they're just the light is streaming through the windows and most of that is coming from the the bottom. Yeah. It's it's so it's so lovely. Yeah, and when she's talking to, to Higgins, she, there's like a key light on the middle of her face and it's like straight out of a noir film and I don't know what they're if they're trying to say something with that or if the the DP was just playing around, but it looks great. I mean, tell me you weren't getting Fritz Lang's M vibes from this entire episode. <laughs> tell me that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a one-to-one correlation. Yeah. And this is a shot-for-shot remake. Yeah, for sure. That's what – you're not going to get that on any other Ted Lasso podcast. No. Of the many. So uh, it seems like uh, Higgins accepts her apology and comes back to work. Um, yeah. Shaves up. Ted comes into to the office and Higgins is there and he's very excited to see him. And there's um, that complex thing where it's not exactly clear if uh, the, the biscuits were for Higgins. Yes. Yeah. 
for Trent Krem's daughter. Well, yeah. Except they're covered in sprinkles. They're covered so, in sprinkles. So, so they're probably really for the daughter, but there is some ambiguity. It seems so unlike yep. Ted to, you know, make Higgins feel uncomfortable about accepting mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. Was he actually messing with him? I mean, yeah. I could see Ted giving Higgins some sprinkles just for fun. <laughs> so that he made a joke of <laughs> For sure. <laughs> And I wonder why it was in a brown box and not a pink box. Mm. <laughs> wouldn't you put if it was for a girl? Wouldn't it be in a pink box? Yeah. Oh, that's true. In this blog post, I will dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah. If you have strong opinions, tweet in hashtag Ted Lasso Truther. Uh, see. <laughs> that's good. Um, and I think that's pretty much the end of that storyline. So we can uh, jump over to Roy. Yeah. Great. Roy, like you said, Cy, earlier, he's bathing in a trash can full of ice water, which I love cold mm-hmm. plunges. So I want to get a trash can for that reason uh, now. A, a wheelie bin. A wheelie, wheelie bin. A wheelie we're bin. going to stick with the parlance. <laughs> parlance. Parla- yeah. Parlance. 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 Par- parlance. I've done it again. I've gone into satiation. Yep. Semantic satiation. <laughs> parlance. <laughs> So, Roy, he's basically just hiding because he, he had a horrible game. He lost the game with a known goal. Um, <clears throat> and Ted comes in to check on him. He uh, <laughs> Ted says, beating yourself up like Woody Allen playing the clarinet. I don't want to hear it. So good. Outstanding. <laughs> um, yeah, just tells him to, to ease up on himself. Ted's, uh, I don't know. We get to it later, but he's he's really like concerned with with sparing Roy's feelings instead of being straightforward about how he's struggling on the pitch. It's good. It's a like um, having it. What am I trying to say? We we see the actual flaw in his eternal outlook. Like we've spent the whole series coming on board with okay, this like absolute optimism is the way that he wins games and inspires players. Uh, and this is the game where we find the limit of that, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. we'll get to it. Beard finally blows up after a whole season of being, you know, monosyllabic. Yeah. Which is a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after, there's a press conference. And after that, Beard and Nate tell Ted that he needs to bench Roy. Um, yeah, they stage an intervention. Yeah, which he, he was hoping was going to be improv. improv. Or, or them saying that they're dating. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> lie. <laughs> so great. but ted says no he's not gonna bench roy yeah even though he expect he uh respects their opinions yeah it's uh and because of that we never get to find out what a british owl says oh god yeah oh no is i know the- what the answer is you want to hear it oh, oh there's what? an answer yes wait yeah. we're- you just sound really excited. <laughs> what the fuck does a British owl say? They say, whom? <laughs> That's great. Oh, wow. How do you know? Uh, yeah. The, t- the Ted Lasso Twitter account tweeted out the answer. Oh, <laughs> oh fantastic. Whom? Oh, that's great. What was the joke in the, in the scene where Beard and Nate are, are telling uh, Ted to bench Royce uh, something about the teeth marks in the butt. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Bit us, did he say like he, he bit us in the ass, the kind that you have to pay for or something like that? Right. Yeah. yeah like deep marks. I think he says something about yeah, deep marks, the kind that you yeah. have to pay for. Yeah. I yeah. Was, 
the uh, being enticed by the idea of Coach Beard being paid to buy someone. <laughs> yeah, Wouldn't yeah, and it's like you've you've paid for that. It's like no, been, been paid. <laughs> There's Great. so much in in Beard's history that I want to know about. Such yeah. an interesting character. No, uh, we can never find out. <laughs> no we can't we can't because it will make him less funny we can't find out we just yeah. need all these illusions gosh darn it it's like yeah we don't need to know how han solo got his name you know Let, let's oh have my god character what an embarrassing moment in cinema <laughs> it is it is the worst moment in a star wars movie and there have been so many bad moments in star wars movies but Wait, that is I, oh the worst. worst individual moment uh here let, let's pause this and let's start our yeah uh, this is important podcast and uh yep theme song yeah uh, the the last solo cast <laughs> <laughs> so is there another moment that's worse in in all of star wars i didn't have one yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure that that would be worst i mean i'm hard pressed to find one that i actually like physically cringed uh in the theater when it happened star wars like only in the last year, two yeah, years that I've yeah. that I've had her watch literally all the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as someone relatively new, can you remember a moment where you just like died from cringe? Oh, too much pressure. Oh, no, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just thought as a brand new first timer that something might jump out at you is just horrible. No, afraid. No. I think the rolling in the grass, Anakin and Padme, would be my oh, just yeah. absolute. <laughs> I, off my popcorn in my face just to feel something besides sure. <laughs> what I was feeling watching them roll around. This would be a good like uh, BuzzFeed list to put together. <laughs> yep. Individual moments. Oh, but yeah, early Rise of Skywalker had some. Ugh. Yeah, I was going to say I'm, that, the, that whole the, movie might be number one, actually. The yeah. beginning of that movie where Poe Dameron's like, well, bad news. The Emperor is back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Palpatine> has returned. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a commentary that if you uh, like, if you just approach it like knowing how the whole movie works out, and you just imagine him having a heavy sigh and just like hating himself for even needing to say the line of dialogue, somehow Palpatine has returned. It just makes that moment ten times funnier. <laughs> that first table read must have been rough. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's just glancing at each other. Ugh. Oh boy! Now I'm sad thinking about how that ended up. Anyway, is there any piece of media that might make you happy, John? John? Yeah, something. Let's talk about Ted Lasso. (laughs) So at training on the pitch, uh, Ted's making the players run uh, shuttle runs. Wait, wait, John, John, wait. Yeah, yeah. Wait, we have to talk about how Ted was kind of hoping that it was an improv show. Yeah. Yeah. Because usually, whenever they mention improv in sitcoms, it's always as a punchline. But no, not here. Ted was just hoping to see an improv show. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would pay to see that. I'm here for the dunking on improv because we deserve virtually all of it. But um, even so, it is nice a nice break to hear something on the positive side. Yeah. Yes, and exactly. And also, Ted's a fan of uh, Kanye's 808s and Heartbreaks. He's, he's always surprising you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. This is when Beard and Nate give him the cold shoulder. He's trying yeah. to, to tell him the owl joke. But, uh, yeah. sorry, it's go ahead. 
because the uh like the passive aggression is pretty much appropriate like we've we've stated our case in no uncertain terms you we disagree wholeheartedly with what you're doing and so yeah i think now's the time when you just like choose to ignore great and i like how nate doesn't really have the the guts to to just give him a cold shoulder so he just runs away as he does nick muhammad beautifully that discomfort with being mean to anybody yeah he's amazing yeah, love him. And then right after that, Roy like felt falls on the field, and Brendan Hunt does yep. a beautiful wordless piece <laughs> of acting of just taking off his sunglasses, staring him down. He says, "Okay," and putting the sunglasses <laughs> back on. So great. Yep. Ted realizes realizes that they're right, and Roy has lost a step, and maybe it's time to sit him. So he uh, he Ted approaches Roy in the stands later to talk and to him Roy about benching. Freaks out. Roy freaks out. Doesn't even doesn't even let him get to that. Um, basically, just tells him to fuck fuck off, fuck himself. I think is what he says. That's pretty wild. Like the language of athletics. Like there's a there's a kind of ritual that happens in baseball when a pitcher when a pitcher is struggling and they decide to uh, to bench him and to switch out, you know, to bring in the relief pitcher. And the pitcher will quite often just stand there on the mound. And watch the manager walk out to him that, you know, 30 yep. seconds or whatever it takes to get out there, just standing there watching him come. And then the manager will say one word and then he'll run back to the dugout. And it's yeah. like it's it's very ritualized, but it's like, I don't know, something about that. You, you need to say the thing, you know, you're not going to just wave from the dugout. Come on, come on out here. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so true. Of having an adult conversation about it and this is a similar thing they, they go through the motions of having an adult conversation but as soon as he starts roy knows like roy knew when he walked up to him you know what yep. was about to happen yeah yeah he's freaking out and uh later on roy goes to keely's uh his niece phoebe is there i think keely's watching phoebe yeah yeah and keely's afraid that she'll find her vibrator <laughs> she find out later that she does. She does. <laughs> she has her, her ears pierced. <laughs> yeah. There is a a metaphor that I don't know if it was intentional or not in this scene that I liked when Keely talks about how little girls are. I think she says mysterious or something, and that they have new teeth that push the old teeth out. <laughs> and I took that as a metaphor for what's happening to Roy. Whoa. How he's like an old tooth being pushed out by the young players um, <laughs> coming in. Um, and they have a talk on the couch. Keely <laughs> sits down, gives him a pillow. He, he declines the pillow. Uh, <laughs> I love how in her mind, in order to talk about real stuff, you need to sit down and have a pl- fluffy pillow. And yeah. you know, I don't disagree. Yeah. 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 The more comfortable you are, the easier it is. I also really like that their relationship has progressed pretty steadily like we know they went on a first date but now they're on close enough terms for her to watch his niece for him to come over and they can have a serious conversation i love it yeah yeah and he yeah he's comfortable opening up to her Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be a loser has been and she still gives feedback in that keely way i think men that feel sexy (laughs) feel sorry for themselves are so sexy yeah Yeah. takes him down a notch it's yeah, and he's but he says it's it's more than a game for him, uh, football. It's all he's known. It's it's who he is. Um, so then Keely calls Phoebe over and has her shut her eyes and describe 
her uncle uh, Roy. So cute. And she's adorable. Such a great exercise. She says his beard is scratchy. He's my uncle. He buys me ice cream. He swears a lot. He's really funny. <laughs> and I love him. Aww. And Keely points out, like, she didn't say anything about being a footballer. Yeah. It's one of the big tragedies of, here I go, sounding like an ESPN commentator again. But just one of the great tragedies of sports is how athletes towards the end of their career just do not know what to do. Even though they know that they're in a field with, I think the NFL average tenure is less than three years, you know? Right. So, yeah. like, yeah, they're in a field with a super short time frame and just cannot comprehend not uh, doing it. And later in the episode, just skipping way ahead, he ponders playing in America and just how disgusting that yeah. would be. But it still doesn't seem to enter his brain. You could just not play. Like, you're not going to be doing this when you're 50. So uh, right. start start to plan this out, you know? Yeah, it is. It's interesting with athletes, at least in some sports, like 34 is considered old. Yep. And I remember being young and watching sports and like seeing Dan Marino and being like, oh, my God, this guy's old. Can we please get him off the field? And now yeah. that I'm pretty much his age when he retired, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, there's there's so much life beyond this. Even just the old young jokes uh, between Roy and um, Jamie Tart, Jamie Tart. And they're yeah. what, like eight years in difference. Yeah. Like yeah. so yeah. close in age. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Keely says, um, she says, you don't know what people think about Roy Kent. All that matters is what you think about Roy Kent. Um, yeah. And she gets she gets through to him. So good. And then we have the great scene between Ted and Beard at the pub. Oof. Oh, so good. I love it. I so, love yeah. it. Beard's uh, tryst or whatever. His, his woman is over there playing chess with another man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And my favorite says, part just playing the game. how the, the sort of positive masculinity has bled over to uh, Paul, who, you know, yes. Paul is out of the three, you know, who called uh, Ted a wanker. Uh, but, he, you know, he leans over and goes, you're a beautiful man. Uh, yeah. so sweet. <laughs> I love Paul. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and they did a good job holding off. They're like, all right, is Coach Beard going to have a monologue in this season at all? Or is he just going right. to be comedic guy to bounce off of and yeah this is it and it's it's good like again they, we've reached the limits of the positivity and like the yep. the previous texas football coach uh the, they just fired the the most recent one but the one prior to that was charlie strong and his first day uh he uh preached accountability and just started kicking players off the team right and left for violating team rules and just collected this Pathle of extremely disciplined young men who he, he had coaches like check to make sure they were in class and were on time to class and all this stuff. Uh, and they ended up firing him because he wasn't winning enough football games and just yeah. all, like almost every Texas football fan shrugged their shoulders and was like, yeah, fair enough. Like that is at the end of the day, well, what your job is, but you hated to see it because everyone just personally liked him and liked the leadership and just this, you know, what he was instilling. Uh, in the players, so the, that this is Ted Lasso's moment in that regard. Yeah, I mean Ted. I think Ted just brings up again that the winning doesn't matter, and Beard just loses it. And uh, but you know what? He gives a good reason why it does matter because oh, yeah. I 
often forget like, oh, this is a, not like I know it's a sport, but I'm like, I mean, these are great attitudes to have. But he was like, winning is important because if we don't, the team could get relegated. And I hadn't really thought about that piece. And I'm like, oh, that is also fair. Like yeah. their livelihood could be even more impacted by that. Yeah. And Beard finally tells Ted that like, you can't apply the same philosophies of coaching a, a division two a Kansas f- college football team to a professional premier league football club. That's probably, I don't know, has a salary of like hundreds of millions of dollars um, that they're professionals and winning does matter. And that's okay. And then beard uh, beard ends it. He says, if you want to pick players feelings over a coach's duty to make a point, I don't want to drink with someone that's selfish. Man. And he leaves. And then pulls a Queen's Gambit moment where, you know, from <laughs> he was able to tell that she was toying with uh, with, with her opponent. And, uh, checkmate. Yeah. Get I love thing. the way he puts on his jacket there. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, get your things. And he like whips his arm around, puts his jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> Key Coach Beard moment. Yeah. Yep. So Ted gets drunk. He finishes all those pints that Beard had lined up for him. And uh, Roy saves him from walking into traffic. Roy was somehow in the right place at the right time. Drunk Ted is always unpleasant to see. Yeah. That's it. That's my observation. <laughs> That's it for me, too. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he, as soon as you see that his hair gets just a little yeah. bit floppier, you know that an unpleasant version of yeah. Ted is about to happen. Shout out to hair and makeup. Just such a subtle change in the hair, and you're like, oh, he's wasted. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. That's fantastic. But he's also such like he's like a kind drunk. Well, yeah, he's not gonna. There's different kinds of drunks, and he's certainly the just yeah, a bit depressive, but not angry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except for when he yells at Nate. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the one that sticks out in my head. So I, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's beer drunk, and there's mini whiskey bottle drunk. That could be oh, true. Yeah. Isn't there a moment earlier on in the show where it's Beard who rescues uh, Ted Lasso from? Yeah, yeah so one. It's like a nice callback of like in the beginning, it's Beard who has his back. Now Beard has you know uh, walked away from him, but it's one of the players who uh, he initially had so much friction with, who's now having his back and keeping him from yep. getting. Over. Yeah, that's a good observation. So great! It's come full circle. And Roy's had his grow up moment thanks to the talk with uh, Keeley. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they have a hard heart at Ted's uh, little apartment. Mm-hmm. We yep. see Ted once again put his dirty fingers in a peanut butter jar. Yeah. <laughs> and, I like that callback. Like, can we not? You can offer it to your guest. Yeah, like, and Roy's like, no. And he's like, you got a peanut allergy? He's like, I got a finger allergy. That does get different in pandemic times. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And we get a call back to the uh, I never know how to react when a grown man beatboxes in front of me in the in the shape of a yeah. grown man does the Carlton in front of me. Uh-huh. Right. So, that's great. Yeah. Big fans of Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah. This but Roy's there too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like in this scene, we get, I guess, a tie for the closest Roy ever comes to smiling talking mm. about how much he loves tea i yeah. think is, is the key moment and yes a little bit of teeth <laughs> like yeah. that's that's basically roy beaming yep and ted still hates it calls it pigeon sweat <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough description i think it might be an accurate fl- flavor description but i still love it 
yeah, Kiki's the the tea drinker. Uh, there's a the not a continuity error, but he the boiling the water takes the correct amount of time, but that tea steeps instantly. Mm-hmm. Like they are just yeah. that tea yep. ten seconds yeah. after the water has boiled. So yep. I took issue there. I was like, yep. you guys, yeah. four minute timer. <laughs> My number one mish- wish for season two is that Ted loves tea eventually <laughs> and sparkling water. Sparkling water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wait, does wait does Ted not like sparkling water? He's just always surprised by it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we've caught Kenny. I missed that. I missed that, that part. Episode and one. Really, you should really focus on watching the very first and last scenes of this entire series because mm. you know, a couple of moments. So Roy apologizes to Ted for telling telling him to fuck himself. Um, oh wait. Wait, John, John, yeah. wait, have we talked about, I, I think this is the episode where we establish what the team is actually called. The Greyhounds. The Greyhounds? Yeah. Oh, maybe it's the first time said out loud. Yeah. I, oh, I, 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 I literally had no idea outside of just Richmond Football Club oh, what the kind of mascot was. Oh, well, I noticed it. Oh, it's on What's the tour. That? It's written on their tour bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think in one of the first episodes, it's it's spelled out in the stands. Mm. Oh, mm. well, also a greyhound is a type of bus, so <laughs> it was like, no, was it just a greyhound? That's true. Do they have those in London? I don't know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> they might have been cross promoting the Apple TV Tom Hanks movie Greyhound. So mm. yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, the the name of the team just changes depend on what apple tv is trying to promote that month yeah now it's the richmond servants yeah next <laughs> month it's the richmond for all mankind yeah have y'all seen servant <laughs> i have not it is not so bananas it is i mean i very much enjoyed it it is campy as hell and uh there's like really food porn but like it's it's very disturbing and dark and okay. creepy. And one of the primary characters is this avant-garde chef who makes increasingly strange and disturbing uh, recipes. At one point, uh, he makes lobster ice cream, uh, which is not you know, which is just gross in a food sense. But yeah, it's uh, I. Uh, yeah, I'm sounding hesitant, but I do like it <laughs> in any way. So, uh, shout out Mike Chamalon for making something that was not just painful to watch. Uh, this was this was fun for me. Nice. Oh, yeah. hey, Split was good. Split was good. I like Split. Yeah, yeah Split. Like, oh, I didn't like Glass. Glass, not great. Let's go through his whole filmography. Stuart Little, what do you think? <laughs> that was Emily Shyamalan? Yeah. Whoa. He, he wrote it, right? Right. Like, I think he was an uncredited screenwriter. Right. And then uh, his first directorial f- effort was that uh, Rosie O'Donnell movie. No, he had one before that. Did he? Called, uh, I, th- I think it's uh, Playing With Anger. Hmm. Okay, Playing With Anger? M. Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> Almost as hard to do. <laughs> Praying with anger. Yeah, that was his first film. Yeah. Uh, didn't see it. Can't comment. No one did. No one did. <laughs> um, 
So back oh, to yeah. Ted. <laughs> Ted, Ted kind of like floats the idea that Roy could just fake an injury if he wants to protect his stock and get a job somewhere else. What possibly America, like you said. <laughs> so we don't know what Roy's going to do. Um, Maybe he's playing for FC Austin next season. Oh, man. I hope they have some kind of Ted Lasso marketing in there. Uh, that'd be awesome. Oh, my gosh. Being that, you know, Apple is so close to the the stadium. Yeah, yeah right that's there. true. That is very true. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. So close. It really makes no sense that I moved to a soccer country just as a soccer stadium was being completed <laughs> a five-minute drive from my house. But you hear Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was the only reason that you moved to Amsterdam. I love football. <laughs> football is life. Danny <laughs> Rojas. Uh, and then John John just play the intro again because I said football is life. Yeah. <laughs> football is life. I've always rooted for the Netherlands national team uh, in World Cups because I love how bright their uniforms are. Yeah. <laughs> Spot them a mile away. Really the only reason. Uh, Yeah, Netherlands love their orange. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, So in the locker room before training, uh, Roy isn't there. So we're thinking, uh uh-oh, did he, is he, is he done? Is he faking the injury? Is he just quitting? And uh, Ted starts a speech to the team, but Nate interrupts him and apologizes him for the cold shoulder earlier. He says that he had a dream where he was uh, a crow pecking at Ted (laughs) and Ted forgives him, but he asks him to apologize to him in his dream. So they're good on that side of things too. So cute. (laughs) It's very thorough. (laughs) Ted's Ted's really into the dream world. Mm. It's been mentioned a few times. Mm, Interesting. Um, And then Roy comes in late. He, uh, Phoebe, his niece found Keely's vibrator. So he took her to get her, uh, ears pierced in an attempt to erase the memory. <laughs> I mean, that would be what she remembers about this day. So well, she's not going to know what it is, though. What? Yeah. She's, as far as she's concerned, she just found an object and she doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Nice>. true. <laughs> Overreaction, Roy. Yeah. Yeah. If you make a big deal of it now, she's going to remember it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's be a little sex positive here. Yeah. You know. That's true. It's a big teaching moment he could have had there. I mean, we don't exactly know if there was shame involved. Maybe they could have just dealt with it nonchalantly. Yeah. And then uh, Roy was like, you know what? Completely randomly, let's just go get your ears pierced without any provocation. <laughs> yeah. I guess it also depends on on the, the, the kind of vibrator. If it was one of the anatomically accurate variety or just, you know, a massager. Some of them just look like abstract art. So, just thinking back of yeah. my nieces were six. If I had a choice between explaining what a vibrator is and coming home and telling my sister that I've pierced her ears, <laughs> and why? Because she found I, I my girlfriend's vibrator. Explain what a vibrator is. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> Maybe it is starting the association with sex in a positive manner by going you found this object that is used for sexual gratification here's a reward you know physical pain yeah yeah (laughs) so Roy he puts on a reserve jersey Mm. and he asks to address the team and he says uh, second team is going to kick first team's asses so he has accepted his new role 
as a reserve. So and good. then on his way out, he taps the Believe poster. Yeah. Just so nice. Sweet. Yeah, for the first time, the credits aren't over black. We just kind of sit in the locker room as it empties out. Yeah. I yeah, even taps the belief. I thought this was the end of the the series, which doesn't make sense looking back on it now, but it's just such a beautiful, you know, wrap-up moment that I yeah. thought that was it. He's being won over to the lasso way. Yeah. Yep. The mm-hmm. domino fell. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it kind of is. I don't remember episode 10. We're going to rewatch it uh this week for our next Wait, for our last episode. Yeah. And uh, I don't oh, remember geez. it much, but I feel like this episode is kind of the, the wrap up of the character arcs for the season. Mm. And, yeah. then, and then episode 10 is like, all right, here's that football game you wanted. Right. Kind of I was thing. listening to some podcasts where uh, they were talking about uh, how next to last episodes are often a lot more gratifying than last episodes. Uh, you know, like all yeah. the shows were- Famously bad season series finales. Uh, yeah, you know, the last one is often quite good. A Star uh, Trek Enterprise. Yeah, Game of Thrones was famous for that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Anything else? Uh, anybody want to say about this this episode? Uh, looking over my notes, I wanted to share one interesting thing, which is that uh, what's Roy Kent's the actor's name? Uh, Brett Goldstein. There you go. He was a writer on the show and he lobbied for the part of Roy. And he told this great story that I, I hate to paraphrase it. The forum, the panels were Higgins, watching. I think. You, no, no, no. Oh, no. Roy. Who played Roy? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he uh, felt he really grasped the character and wanted to play the part of Roy and filmed his own audition tape and emailed it uh, to wow. producers, including Jason Brennan and said, uh, uh, he said, like, if you don't think this is right, then we'll just pretend you never got this email. And that was it. Because he couldn't figure out a way to, like, gracefully say, you know, I could do this role. Uh, so that was a cool discovery. Yeah. That and discovering that uh, uh, Nick Mohammed is the Nick name? Mohammed, yeah. Uh, Nate auditioned if- for the part of Higgins, which I think is a... Oh, wow. Totally would have worked. Yeah, that would have worked, too. Yeah. yeah. I love Jeremy want- Swift. Yeah, Jeremy Swift. Mm-hmm. I wonder who else could have played Roy. Ooh. God, I don't know. Um, that kind of mid thirties on his way out, athletic. Hmm. You'd have like a. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure either. Yeah, I'll remember it as soon as we hit stop, and I'll be like, "Oh, mm. yeah." I mean, he's just kind of perfect. His face is just a natural frown. He just looks angry. He's so burly. Yeah. Uh, w- without being too and and it's 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 just wild that he's a comedy writer first and just like that's it, it's crazy because he just seems so perfect for this role. Yeah. Yesterday yeah. watching him on this panel, he was just smiling the entire time and was, we were scared. Yeah. <laughs> funny. Yeah. He's so different it's, from his character. And the Jamie Tart actor is also just very charming and talking about a nice book he's read. And yeah, oh, he reads books. <laughs> yeah, like, like, he was reading some sort of self-improvement book written by a female author. And, uh, you know, so funny. <laughs> what is he likely? <laughs> Man, shout out to casting. They've yeah. really done a great job building this, yeah. this cast of in, in real life, very supportive people who like retweet each other and congratulate each other. They're very supportive. 
Yeah. Yeah, they seem to have a lot of chemistry just amongst themselves, even over a Zoom panel. It was great. Okay, before we get to the game at the end, of course, you know the drill. I just want to tell everybody uh, to rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment, share. Do whatever it takes uh, to spread the word of LassoCast. Um, also, you can find us on Twitter, at LassoCast. You can leave a comment. Uh, tell us when we're wrong. Tell us when we miss something. Agree with us. Whatever you want to do, you can interact with us on there. We're pretty responsive, and we've gotten some good, uh, some good insights coming in from listeners, and we really appreciate that. Do you, Kevin and Kiki, do you have anything to plug? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, no, there's a pandemic Not happening. This year. We don't yeah. have anything. No. Um, <laughs> we, uh, uh, no. 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 We're improvisers we, in Amsterdam, but like literally anybody that would come and listen to this would already know that. You yeah. Know, for let's our- let's say somebody finds this podcast in three years. Three years. Uh, yeah. Where will you be performing improv? In three um, years. We will most likely be doing shows for the newly started Flock Theater. That's uh, F L O C K uh, Theater. Um, uh, yeah, I pandemic permitting, I'll be uh, playing in an improvised medical drama uh, in March or April. How fun! Who knows whether that's actually going to happen? <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. yeah. Very uh, cool. Yeah. Did we good? Yeah. Kenny, where uh, where else can folks hear you? Uh, you can hear me on one of my other podcasts, uh, hear me on ID four minutes at a time, where we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of the film Independence Day by going through the entire movie four minutes at a time. Uh, we have talked to the compositors of the White House blowing up, the special effects artists that did that. And we've also talked with uh, Chris Bono, who did Foley work for that film. And we're just going through the whole movie. It's super fun. You can find that at ID4Minutes.com. You can also find me at uh, my other podcast. Uh, Shame Watch where we talk about guilty pleasure movies I think a great episode to start that show if you haven't listened to it is probably the Cell episode with Kevin Miller where we talk about the Jennifer mm. Lopez oh yeah uh, Vince Vaughn no yeah. not Vince yeah, Vaughn Vincent they, uh, D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio yeah. uh, film The Cell Johnny do you have a game for us today I do have a game you want to play a game yeah sure what if we said no? <laughs> just end the episode. It's already running long, so yeah. No. <laughs> um, this game is called To Wit To Woo. <laughs> it's a game about owls. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question about each species of owl found in the United Kingdom, and you will oh have uh, multiple choices to pick from. And whomever has the most correct answers at the end of six questions, wins a box of biscuits uh, that were meant for three-year-old. Okay. Um, <laughs> Great. And you'll, you'll each get an answer. There's no, like, uh, buzzing in or rushing to answer. Okay. 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 Question, question number one. Pioneer bird photographer Eric Hosking lost an eye to a tawny owl while trying to photograph it. What was the name of his aptly titled memoir? Ha. A, eye for an eye. B, an eye for the bird. C, bird's eye view, or D, owie wowie. <laughs> uh, what do we go around the horn, or how do we do this? Yeah, let's start with you, Kevin. What's your guess? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, B. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, I, I would say B also. All right, B. Kenny, I'm going B. What's that? I'm gonna go B. Okay, Kenny. 
It has to be bird's eye view. C. That's your final answer? A locked in. Okay. The correct answer is B, an eye for the what? bird. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Hey, take it up with Eric Hosking. <laughs> I'd love to. I think it had just the right amount of dry British yeah. wit to it. Like, yeah. An eye for the bird. Mm-hmm. Um, question two. The little owl, which is a species of owl, has excellent hearing. They're able to locate the squeak of the mouse hundreds of feet away with blank percent accuracy. Mm. A, 80%. B, 50%. C, 99%. Or D, 100%. Mm. Okay. I'll, I'll, go with, uh, I'll go with A. A. I'm going to go with 100% because I believe in this little owl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never fooled this I'm owl. I'm tapping, tapping the believe <laughs> sign for this owl. <laughs> um, 99%. I don't know which one that one was. That was C. Okay. I'll okay. also go with 80%. Okay. The correct answer is C, 99%. No. Yeah, man. No. <laughs> no, it's are doing work. There was that one time. <laughs> yep, you just be- you believed a little too much, Kiki. Uh, oh well, um, I-, I regret nothing. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> Question three: What is the primary sound a barn owl makes? Is it a who, b hiss, c a screech, or d a sigh? Uh, sigh. I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> C for me. You're feeling C. Which one was C? Screech. 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 Okay. Uh, to mix things up, I'm going to go with the sigh. Sigh. Yeah. Okay. I'm going with the screech. Screech. I'm going with the hiss. Hiss. <laughs> uh, B and C are correct for this. Hiss and screech. Yes. Mm. Uh, so after three questions, sigh, you're in the lead with three. You're three for three. Ooh. Very nice. And Kevin's right behind you with two correct answers. All right, let's go. I only need Question to four. avoid relegation, so. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, question four. Once a long-eared owl mommy lays its eggs, what is the incubation <laughs> period? Is it A, 18 to 21 days, B, 26 to 28 days, C, 36 to 42 days, or D, 3 to 6 days? Whoa. <gasps> Bam. <laughs> Bacon incubation angle. period meaning then they hatch? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing for the fences trying to trying to win this and go for mm-hmm. D three to six days. Okay. I'm not winning any biscuits today, uh, so uh, and luckily I'm I'm a fantastic baker. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with D because that sounds so unlikely. Mm. Okay. I'm going to say A if I am allowed. You are allowed. Thank you. I'm gonna Sign. keep it spicy. I'll go with B then. B. Ooh. Whoa, what a spicy take. The correct answer is B. <gasps> Heck yes. Wow. Sorry. This is a rarity. This We've is only got two exciting. questions left. Okay. Um, and Sai is keeping such a positive attitude. I moved to give her a bonus point as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I would, uh, yeah, let's uh, all subtract a point from ourselves and just give it to Sai just to guarantee <laughs> the win. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is a psychological thing because then it won't be special to her anymore. So <laughs> we're playing. <laughs> okay, so to to, to uh, go over the scores real quick, size in the lead with seven points, uh, <laughs> and Kiki with zero, and Kevin with one. Great, uh, wonderful. This question question five is worth five points. However, um, oh wow! 
Question five. The short-eared owl is mainly diurnal. What does that mean? A, they hunt low to the ground. B, they hunt during the day. C, they have two talons on each leg. Or D, they don't speak. <laughs> I want it to be D, but it, it, <laughs> it's B. B, B. I would also say B. B. It's definitely B. B. B is correct. Yeah. <laughs> we all, all remember right. our SAT words. Yep. Yeah. All right, this is, this is the last question. It's worth uh, 18 points. Wow. Whoa. So this is anybody's game at this point. This game scales significantly. <laughs> <laughs> question six. The European eagle owl is one of the largest living species of owl. What is their average wingspan? Is it A, 4 feet, B, 12 feet, C, 20 feet, or D, 6 feet? I'm going to convert these all to meters for Kiki real fast. (laughs) I'm going to say six feet just because I I, I sort of know how big that is. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) What were the four, six? What were the options? uh, A A is four, B is 12, C is 20, and D is six. All right, got it. Okay, I'm going with D then. So D. I'll go with D. uh, I'll go with 12 just to do an unlikely choice just to see. Okay. I would also like to, if you will permit me to say B12. B12? Yes. You got it. Thank you. Sai? Um, I'm going to say six. Six? Uh, playing it safe. Yeah, just yeah. protect the fourth quarter, you know. <laughs> I mean, John, he's six, five ish. Like, I can't imagine wow. a wingspan is. Big as my husband? Like, I don't know. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty big. True. <laughs> uh, the correct answer is D, six feet. <gasps> wow. This was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, Kiki, you ended up with 23 points after getting that one right. And <laughs> Sai, <laughs> si, 100% correct answers. You ended up with 30 points. Wow. Congratulations, Sai. Very easy to deliver the prize today. I'll give them to you in the closet later. I imagine it's just going to be digestives that are yeah. already open. Yeah. <laughs> yum, yum, also, yum. just to establish giving it to you in the closet is not a euphemism. That's yeah. so true. Just, Thank you, Penny. It's Thank a literally you. just <laughs> literal. Yeah. yeah, you're literally in the closet and you're you just going to deliver to a box of cookies. Don't, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin and Kiki, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Thank uh, you for having pleasure. us. pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. And thank you for uh, staying up late with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Past our bedtime. Kevin, good luck with everything over there. Hmm? What? I said good luck with everything <laughs> over there. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, Kiki, good luck to you, too. Yeah, Kiki, good luck. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, Lasso Cast is produced by Saida Rose. It's edited by me, John. The music is by MG Sound. Please come back next week for episode 10 of Ted Lasso. It's the last episode of the season. I can't believe we made it through season one. Uh, we're going to do some some other things, but it's our last episode recap until season two comes out. And we have a very special guest you're going to enjoy, so come on back.